0: What a joy. I know Pastor Chuck just told you to be seated. I don't want to be that guy that has you pop up and down. But if you don't mind, would you stand if you're able to just for a moment? Sorry about that. If you're able to stand for a moment, I'd love for us to read God's Word together. Hey, if you've been around here for a little bit, you know that we've been teaching through the book of Philippians this summer. And honestly, our students have been leading us out in that. In both the middle school camp and high school camp, Pastor Andy and the team walked through the whole book of Philippians. We love being able to do that as a church as well and we've been calling it joyful and so I want to read this over us uh, today look here's what it says in Philippians chapter 4 some of these verses will be on the screen but even if they're not just hear these today as Paul's writing he says in chapter 4 verse 4 he says rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice let your gentle spirit be known to all people the Lord is near Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of today that we get to lift you up. We get to worship you. We pray that you'd speak to us through your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Uh, It's so great to see if you're watching online. Thanks for being with us. It's been an incredible morning already. Uh, As we wrap up our teaching this summer in Philippians, there's this one little phrase that Paul says in chapter 4. He says, in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer. And I've been thinking a lot about prayer. I've been thinking about what is the significance of prayer in Scripture. Let me just give you some highlights. Listen to the life of Jesus. Here's, these are all from the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 5, it says in verse 15, But the news about Jesus was spreading even farther. And large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. So in a busy moment of ministry, all of these people are showing up around Jesus. And then here's what it says in verse 16. It says, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and guess what? Pray. Pray. So even in the middle of busyness, even in the middle of there's a lot of ministry to be done, Jesus would slip away and he would pray. Listen to Luke 6, verse 12. It says, now it was at this time that Jesus went off the mountain to, guess what? To pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer with God. Listen to Luke 9, verse 18. It says, and it happened while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and they questioned him saying, uh, he questioned them, who do people say that I am? Luke chapter 9, verse 28, it says, About eight days after these sayings, he took along Peter, John, James, and they went up to the mountain to guess what? To pray. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says, It happened that while Jesus was praying, are you catching the theme? That for Jesus, prayer is a big deal. And then as we've been teaching through the book of Philippians, this is just one snapshot, but listen to what. Philippians 1 verse 4 says Paul's writing he says whenever I pray I make my requests for all of you with joy then later in chapter 1 verse 19 he says for I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me this will lead to my deliverance and then in chapter 4 what we just read verse 6 he says do not worry about anything instead pray about everything And so when you look at scripture, when you look at the life of Jesus, or in this case, when we look at the life of Paul, we get the sense that prayer wasn't just an add-on. We get the sense that it wasn't the last resort. It wasn't like Paul said, well, I've done everything else I know to do. I guess all I can do now is pray. No, for Paul and for Jesus, prayer wasn't a backup. Prayer was essential. I mean, you get the sense that Prayer was interwoven into the very fabric of their lives, that, that it was part of their routine, that, 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 that it was part of their mornings, it was part of their weeks, that, that, that prayer was literally something that was essential to how they lived. It was essential for how they functioned. Prayer wasn't just a thing, it was the thing. That simply put, prayer is a conversation with God. That prayer is our essential being with God. It's like oxygen. We absolutely need it. And I'll just be honest. Uh, if we were sitting at coffee at rushing across the street, uh, and I've told this to many of you when we have met. Uh, when it comes to Bible study and prayer, I'm way better. I feel uh, I'm more uh, consistent in Bible study. I'm good at reading way more than I am at praying. That's just me. Maybe that's not you, but on Facebook this week, I, uh, many of us are connected. And so I just threw out a, qu- a couple of questions about prayer on Facebook. Hey, what have you learned about it? What would you say to other people? And, and so I gave it a couple of days. I think I posted it on Monday or Tuesday Uh, Around Thursday evening, I went back and looked and then I just printed them off so I could read them. And I ended up with 11 pages of comments about prayer. And there's all kinds of really helpful things in there. I mean, many, many people chimed in. In fact, one of my friends, Nancy Simber, who's part of our church, she, she messaged me and said, hey, I've got some notes on prayer. And I thought, man, she'll just send me a little bit. Her hubby Charlie dropped off a whole packet on prayer. i like, this is amazing. I mean, it's super helpful. There, uh, throughout the thread, there were prayer warriors part of that thread. But one of the things that I saw that was very consistent is that a lot of us don't feel prepared. I mean, one of the common themes that I kept picking up on is there are some people that said, well, if God already knows everything, then should I even pray? I mean, what good does that do? And there are some people that that basically expressed that they have been praying for something for a long, long time, and they felt like God wasn't answering. So does it make sense to keep praying? And then there are some people that are like, I just don't know where to start. I, 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 I don't know. You know, there's some people that have what I call uh, ADD prayers. You know what I'm talking about with ADD prayers? Where you start praying, then you forget what you're praying for. And so you're like, dear Jesus, thank you for today. And I wish Chick-fil-A was open on Sundays. You know what I'm talking about? You ever have those moments? Is that just me? Um, and so the sense that I got, and certainly there's a lot of prayer warriors here in our church. But the sense that I got is that most people would say, I've got some room to grow when it comes to prayer that most people would say, I don't have it all figured out yet, that most of us would say, we've got some room to grow, and I'm right there with you. And So what I want to do today is I want to take these couple of verses. There's so much we could say about prayer. In fact, last semester, one of our small groups was called The Prayer Course, and and Stephen Box led that, and so many different ways to engage in prayer. There's no way I could talk about everything about prayer today, but what I want to do is I want to hang sort of three words out there for you. And these three words, I want them to move us actually into what I would call a laboratory of prayer, where instead of just talking about it, I'm going to invite many of you to be part of that today. That for some of you, over the last two weeks, we put a simple challenge out there. We gave you a little index, blank index card on your way in the door. And we just asked one simple question. We said, if you could ask God to do anything, what would you ask him to do? If you could ask God to do anything, what would you ask him to do? And so we gave out those blank cards two Sundays in a row. I had no idea what the response would be, but we had over 250 people respond to that. And they weren't, they weren't just casual things. I mean, there was a lot of heartache in them. There's a lot of big things in there. And so we asked, if God could do anything, what would you ask him to do? And so for many of you that filled out those cards, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come ask him to do that. I mean, literally, I'm going to invite many of you, if you're here in the room, to come and join us across the front here and just stand in a posture of prayer, and literally today, we're going to have a laboratory where we're going to talk about prayer, but I'm going to invite some of you that have maybe never prayed before, I'm going to invite you to take a step and say, maybe today's the day that you would break the silence. For others of you, you've been praying a long time, but somewhere along the way, maybe you've lost hope or perspective, and you've gotten sucked into the drama of the world, I'm going to invite you, maybe if that's you, to step into God's presence today and to pray for that thing you're asking God to do. So there's three simple words I want to build today around. They're not fancy, they're not slick, they're just meant to be practical. And the first word, if you're a note taker, I'd invite you to write it down. As we think about prayer today, I want to start by talking about the premise of prayer. In other words, what's the foundation to Paul saying, you should pray about everything, and if you know Paul's story, he has a lot of junk going on in his life. When Paul's writing this, things aren't perfect. I mean, when Paul's writing this, this is not your favorite Hallmark movie. You know what I'm talking about, Hallmark movies? Have y'all ever noticed how predictable they are? There's even Hallmark movie Bingo. Have y'all seen that, where you can print out a little card that says, where you check off the box when it happens, like a uh, uh, city girl meets a guy in, uh, out in the country, right? Check that off. And he's a veterinarian. Check that off. And you know, and, and he tries to show her what life could be outside of the hustle and bustle. Check that off. And then somewhere along the way, they break up. But then by the end of the movie, they kiss. And then it snows. And, you know, everything's happy. You know what I'm talking about? Well, this isn't one of those moments for Paul. Paul's writing from a jail cell. He is, uh, he's, he, he's been lied about. He's been a falsely accused. He's hundreds of miles away from home. And yet writing from this jail cell, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Wait a minute, Paul, don't you realize you're locked up in jail? Yeah, but still rejoice. Paul, don't you realize the politics in Rome are crazy? Yeah, but still rejoice. Don't you realize sexual perversion is all over the map? Absolutely. But Paul still said in the middle of that moment, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all the people. And look at this little phrase at the end of this verse, the end of verse four. He says, the Lord is what? He's near. He's near. A lot of times when you hear that phrase, the Lord is near, the picture is, he's coming soon. That's often what the, that picture is. And I love that picture. When my grandmother was still alive, uh, those last year or two, every time I would talk to her, she'd ask me this question. She'd say, Bobby, do you think Jesus is coming back soon? And I would say, yes, mamaw, I do. I, I do, I do. I don't know what you call your grandmother. Mine was mamaw. I had a mamaw and a meemaw and a grandmother, so I don't know what you call yours, but... Uh, you can tell I'm from the south, right? And so uh, I would say, yes, ma'am, I think he's coming soon. And so oftentimes, honestly, when I first started reading this passage this summer, the Lord is near, that, that was my mindset. I was thinking, all right, Paul's in jail, and he can't wait to get out of here, right? Jesus is coming soon. He's going to break me out of here, and it's going to be awesome. But as I begin to study this, what I actually found, you know— I, Originally, this wasn't written in English. Originally, this was written in Greek. And so uh, I double-clicked on the word in my computer and and studied it. And literally what Paul is saying is he's not saying, hey, Jesus is going to rescue me from this jail cell. Though I think that's totally true. I mean, that's absolutely, I'm not downing that. But what Paul is specifically saying in this instant is he's not saying, I'm praying that God's going to break me out. I'm praying that I'm going to get out of here. I'm not praying that Jesus is going to rescue me in this moment. What he's literally saying is, Jesus is with me right now. When he says the Lord is near, he's saying, even in my jail cell, he's right beside me. Even in the circumstances, he's with me. Even though there's not snow falling and a kiss under a rainbow in a Hallmark movie. I thought that'd be funny. Uh, anyway, um, The Lord is still, what Paul is saying is that when it comes to prayer, when we pray, it's not so much that we're praying because God doesn't know what our circumstance is. It's not that we're praying and God's saying, man, I'm the God of all things. I know all things, but somehow I didn't know you were in that moment. We don't pray to get God into our situation. We pray because God is already there with us in our situation. Does that make sense? That if you know Christ personally, God is there with you. There's no place you can go that God's not. You can't. That you, God's not just restricted to Sundays. He's not just restricted when you're reading your Bible. God's not just restricted when you're memorizing Scripture or serving Him. That if you know Christ personally, He is with you every single step of the way. In fact, what the Bible teaches is that the moment of salvation, God sends His Spirit. He steps out of heaven and He steps into our heart and He comes to live inside of us. And so what that means is everywhere we go, God's there with us. Everything we do, God's there with us. Every conversation we have, God is there with us. Every time we go to the mall, God's there with us. Every time we go to a restaurant, God's there with us. Every time we go shopping, God's there with us. Every time we go shoplifting, God is there with us. Just seeing who's paying attention this morning. Thank you. God is with us wherever we go. And so prayer is not so much alerting God of something he doesn't know. The premise of prayer is God is a heavenly father. And get this, he absolutely loves his kids. He loves his kids. I mean, the number one way that Jesus referred to God is our what? Our father. And I get in our culture, not everybody has a great relationship with their dad. And so I get that that maybe that illustration isn't easy to to, to relate to if you, didn't have a, if you don't have or didn't have a great relationship with your dad. But he's saying, God's our perfect heavenly father. And like any good father, he loves his kids. Now we're so blessed to have a lot of our family in town and uh, they're sitting back over here. And uh, is Harrison Kyr still awake or have I put him to sleep already? Is he awake? Harrison, can you give everybody a big wave? Can you give everybody a big wave? Everybody wave at little Harrison. Or as he likes to be called, H-E. One of the things I love is uh, there's some things, honestly, that Harrison doesn't know. He's three, right? There's some things he doesn't know. If you were to ask him, hey, what's your dad's full name? He wouldn't necessarily know that. Hey, what's your mom's social security number? He he wouldn't know that. Hey, what's your address? There's a lot of things, as amazing as he is, that he doesn't know. But when he's hurting or he needs something, guess what he does know? He knows where his daddy is. He knows where his mama is. You don't have to know a social security number to do this, do you? You don't have to know uh, your total address to do this. You don't have to know all the right words to say. All you have to do is to say, I need you. Does that make sense? What would happen if our prayer was that way? What would happen if we realized the premise of prayer isn't knowing all the theology behind prayer? What if we realized the premise of prayer wasn't, uh, does God know or not know? What if the premise of prayer wasn't, uh, what if I asked for it and it's not his will or his time? What if the premise was you're in a relationship with your heavenly father and your heavenly father isn't judging your prayers based on do you know the right uh, verbiage to say? Do you say it in exactly the right order? Do you know all the, these? what if your heavenly Heavenly Father is just waiting for you to get to the end of yourself and say, God, I need you. That's the premise. It's about relationship. I mean, that's what my, my marriage is built on. My wife was the tall redhead singing up here. I make the joke that she's a fiery redhead, but uh, she's honestly one of the sweetest people, the sweetest person on the planet. And uh, one of the things that's funny, because we're in relationship, anytime we're home, if we're sitting on the sofa, next, I'm giving you a little insider information in the McGraw house. We're sitting on the sofa, watching TV or reading or something. And if there's any gap between us, she's gonna close that gap. I'm one of these people, she stays cold all the time. I don't know if your spouse is that way. She's, her feet are like negative 32 degrees. She's cold all the time. I'm always about to burst into flames. I am always running on hot. And so if there's a little space, I'm like, all right, I'm going to cool down. But here's what ends up happening. She does what I call the shimmy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The shimmy. She'll be sitting next to me and she'll start doing this. I can't believe I just did this on stage. But you know what I'm talking about. This better not end up on Instagram this week. But, you you know, and so so she shimmies in, or if I have my arm around the backrest of the sofa, she'll she'll nudge her, right? She'll work her way in because when you're in relationship, guess what? You want to feel connected. What if today during this laboratory experiment, I don't know what else to call it, in this, in this lab today, what if we said the premise is, I wanna be closer to God? What if it's not about the, did I say it exactly right? What if it's not about, have I prayed this before? What if it's not, man, I don't know if God get what if the premise was, The Lord is near. Are you tracking with me? So that's the first word we're going to hang this off of, and I'm going to invite you to be part of that. So the premise is the Lord is near. The second word that I want to hang today's sort of teaching on is not just the premise that the Lord is near, but the second word is our participation in it. So listen to what he says. He says in in verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. If you are here last week, we hung out. On some of these verses, and we went, we did a deep dive about how that impacted me, because I realized there's things I've been anxious about. I I never used to consider myself a worrier. Uh, Anytime I'd preach about worry or anxiety, I'd always make fun of my grandmother in a fun-loving sort of way, you know what I'm saying? I I would talk about Mamaw. I'd say, man, Mamaw is always worried about something. She's one of those, what I'd call a champion worrier. I don't know, do y'all know any people like that? Are any of y'all that kind of person that you, Yeah. Some of us get it honestly right. And so my grandmother, she would worry about everything. When I'd travel to youth camp, she'd be like, I'm just so worried. All those big trucks, watch out for the big trucks. Or, you know, I'd go to Eaton, Flowery, the big town of Flowery Branch. I'm just so worried. Watch out for the gangs. You know, she's worried about everything. And then if there was nothing to worry about, I'm convinced she would make something up. Uh, one time I was talking to her on the phone. I was like, what are you so worried about? I'm just worried the magnets might fall off the refrigerator door. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? So I've told you that before, that she, she would worry. And then what I realized is that while I was poking fun at her for being worried, I was actually worried on the inside. I had anxiety. Maybe it wasn't the same thing. I wasn't worried that I was going to trip and poke my eye out with my toothbrush like she was. That was one of her things. But I had anxiety in me. I was like, man, am I, am I do I have what it takes? Am I doing what God really wants me to do? Am I going to be a good husband. Am I right? I, I had all these internal things. And so here's Paul again, locked up in jail. Here's Paul about to lose his life for his faith. And he says, do not be anxious about what? About anything. Yeah, but Paul, if you knew what I was wrestling with, you would be anxious. And Paul says, no, do not be anxious about anything. What, what's part of anxious of anything? Well, for some of us, it's health scares that we've had. And he says, don't be anxious about that. Or for some of us, it's relational strain. And there's, we feel like we've been He's like, don't be anxious about that. Uh, for some of us, it's the uncertainty of the future. He's like, don't be anxious about that. For some of us, it's the stock market. And our 401K is becoming... 201Ks, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, don't be. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, we've got a list. I mean, we've, I've got a list. We've got a list of all these things that on the surface we could be anxious about, but here's what Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and by pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what's interesting here is he doesn't say, well, take, sign up, hey, if you're anxious, sign up for a prayer course. He doesn't say that. Hey, if you're anxious, hey, blast it on social media and go off on social media. He doesn't say that. If you're anxious, go silent on all of your friends. He doesn't say that. If you're, if you're anxious, uh, snap in the Kroger parking lot. He doesn't say that. What he says is let your request be made known to who? To God. In other words, he's saying just pray. Don't wait until you have it figured out. Don't wait until you understand it all. Don't wait until it makes total sense. He says, Man, if there is something that you're anxious about, bring it to him. It's interesting. This week, as I was preparing, I did a little research on anxiety and I ran across this little article that talked about two different public performers, two different singers that both felt anxiety. But the difference is what they did with it. And so this article compared Carly Simon with Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, man, this is, I wish I, I, I could do it justice. But in the article, Carly Simon, in her early days, she, she had all kinds of anxiety when it came to performance. And there were times that it was so crippling that she could not take the stage. And so somebody asked her, well, describe what does that feel like when you're, tra- when you're about to get up and sing? Well, what does that feel like? And she described something like, well, my hands get sweaty, and I start making fists with my hands, and, and my body goes stiff. And and so she described that and how that was so debilitating to her. And then somebody else is talking to Bruce Springsteen. And they're like, hey, what's it, what's it feel like right before you get up on stage? What does it feel like when you're about to sing to a sold-out arena. He said, well, well, it's funny, sometimes my hands get sweaty and I end up balling them up in fists and my body gets stiff. And, and what was interesting as I was reading this article, here's two people that are feeling the same thing, but here's one person that's seeing that anxiety is a cue of, I'm not good enough, there's no way I could go up on stage, and they get paralyzed by it. And then there's another example of somebody that fills that cue and says, this is my body telling me I'm ready. Does that make sense? What if when we feel that anxiety, what if we have those sleepless nights? What if uh, when there's more going on in our heads than we know what to do with, what if that's not an indication that we need to just try harder? You just need to do more. Make another to-do list. What if that's an invitation to pray? What if, well, Bobby, what if it's not big enough to pray about? I heard somebody say this years ago. If it's big enough to worry about, guess what? It is big enough to pray about what if anxiety is one indicator in our life to say i need to bring this to god in prayer does that make sense what if there's some nudges along the way this week what if there's some nudges even this morning to say i don't want to just talk about prayer i don't want to just learn about i want to do it and so it starts with number one the premise the premise is there's a relationship, there's a heavenly father that absolutely wants to hear from his kids. Number two, there's the participation. Hey, don't wait till you've got it all figured out. Don't wait until you've got all your theology lined up. Just pray, just pray. If you don't know what to do, pray. And then number three, the third word is the product of prayer product of prayer. And I'm going to invite Zach and the team if they'll go ahead and start making their way out. But the product of prayer. Listen to what Paul says as he's writing this. As he talks about prayer, he says in in verse 5, he says, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. I'm telling you, in the world of all the junk that's going on around us, in, in a world of drama, we need people. We need believers that are living out of this gentle spirit. He says, let your gentle spirit be known. And he says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And look at verse 7. And the peace of God. If there's anything we need, we need God's peace. For those that don't know Christ, that peace comes at the moment of salvation and relationship. For those that know Christ, that have been sucked into worry and anxiety and drama, that peace comes by prayer. But listen to what he says as he describes this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so the antidote, he says, isn't talking to everybody else about it. The antidote isn't, well, I'm just gonna try to fix it myself. He says the answer is to talk to God about it. And that when you talk to God about it, there's gonna be a sense of peace, not a fake kind of social media kind of peace where you're like, everything's great, but a peace that you can't explain, a peace that doesn't make sense outside of God, And he says, he uses this verbiage. He says, uh, he he will guard your heart and your mind. It's as if God is literally putting guards on duty by your mind and by your heart. And as anxious thoughts come, as things that aren't honoring of God comes, it's as if, he says, man, when you brought it to God in prayer, he's going to help guard your mind and guard your heart. And you will get to experience the peace of God. Sometimes people ask, well, what if God doesn't answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? And honestly, I don't think that's my business to know. I can't claim to understand the mind of God and the heart of God, but here's what I do know. It's one way that I know that my prayers have been heard is when there's peace in my heart. And there's some of us this morning that honestly, man, you've been fighting, you've been wrestling, you, maybe on the outside, everything looks good, but on the inside, your heart's a mess and in just a moment i'm going to invite you to put into practice what we've talked about today that on the premise of having a relationship with jesus that many of you would come and you just spread out across the front here this morning just in a posture of prayer and a posture of receiving and that you'd remain here for a moment and then i'm just gonna uh, walk us through just some practical steps of how to pray and how to come before god for some of you You've never prayed. And maybe today is God's nudging you to say, hey, today's the day to break the silence. For some of you, maybe you prayed a long time ago, but there's been something between you and your heavenly father. And maybe today's the day just to hold up your hands and say, I need you. For some of you, maybe you've never been saved and you don't have that relationship. Maybe the greatest thing that could happen during this prayer time is to say, Jesus, I need you. I know that you died on the cross for my sins and I know that you're alive today. And it's the best as I know how, I ask you to save me rescue me. If you're watching online, my hope is that you're in a space that you can participate with us. That if you're driving, maybe you could pull over for a minute. If you're in a crowded room, maybe you could slip away for a second. That these next moments, we would allow the God of peace to intersect our lives. And so very quietly and reverently, if you don't mind, would you stand with me and let's bow our heads for prayer? All across the room, I just ask you to bow your heads for a moment, close your eyes. There's nothing magical about that, but it helps me to drive out distractions. As I pray for us this morning, is there anybody that would just say, Bobby, as you pray, pray for me because I, uh, I need that kind of peace. I need that kind of, uh, that rest in my heart that comes from Jesus. If that's you and you just be honest and say, man, I've been anxious, I've been worrying, I've been, uh, there's some stuff, could be big, small, I don't, I don't think that matters. You just say, would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just hold your hand straight up in the air, straight up in the air? You just say, Bobby, I, I need that. I need the peace that comes, that peace beyond. Understanding. Yeah, 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 wow. If you're comfortable online, you can comment below as well. You can put your hands down. What I wanna do is I wanna pray for us. And as soon as I finish praying, I'm gonna ask Zach and the team just to lead us for a moment. And this morning, if you need prayer, I'm just going to invite you to come. It doesn't matter if you're in the back of the room. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the aisle. It doesn't matter if this is brand new to you. If you need prayer today, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come. And you're like, well, what, what do I do? Literally, you just slip out and you come and find a spot to stand facing the band across the front and just bowing your head and just staying in that posture for a moment. And I'm going to ask you just to stay there a moment so that we Give people time to respond, and then I'll walk you through that. Uh, For some of you, uh, you don't just need prayer; you need to pray. And so maybe when you take that posture of, you want to do what I do sometimes, and just just open your hands. I love I love the body language of I'm I'm empty-handed. God, I'm coming to you. I'm open. I'm I'm here for you. So, Mama, I'm going to pray for us after I finish praying. The team's going to lead us just for a moment. And as soon as I say Amen, if that's you, if you need prayer, you want to come and pray. I'm just gonna invite you all the way across the front just to come and stand. And if you're comfortable to have that posture of open hands. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a Heavenly Father that absolutely loves his kids. And I've felt so burdened over these last six weeks or so that our church has a lot of hurting kids in the room. So Father, I pray that you draw them to yourself. They would feel comfortable to actually bring it to you today. Father, I pray that if it would please you, that you'd replace the anxiety and the unknown with your peace. In just a moment, I'll finish praying. As soon as I finish praying, I invite you to come all the way across the front. It doesn't matter if it's a couple people or a lot of people. I wanna invite you to come. Heavenly Father, would you draw us to yourself? it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Zach leads us. If you need prayer today or if you wanna pray, I just invite you to start making your way down here to the front of the room and just spread out across the front and I'll give you some instructions just a moment So we sing this out would you come would you come would you come
1: Lord speak you have my attention you
0: have my attention you have my attention I love this line speak you have my attention speak you
1: have my attention
0: If you need prayer, you want to pray, I invite you to come. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how far away you are. I invite you to come. you just, If you're able to, just close your eyes and maybe you wanna hold your hands in that posture of receiving. But if you're still coming, I invite you to come. If you're watching online again, I'd love for you to participate with us. But maybe in this room, maybe we've got some small group leaders or maybe we've got some kid and student leaders or maybe we've got some deacons or some of our service teams around here. If you're comfortable, uh, I would invite you maybe just to start making your way forward and maybe just putting a hand on a shoulder or two and begin praying over our friends today. Can you pray alone? Absolutely, that's essential, but there's something powerful about the body of Christ praying for one another. I need it, you need it. There are times that I've been empty and there's been times that I didn't know what to do and God used somebody else in this church family to help me find strength, to help me find faith. And so maybe in this next moment, as we sing this, maybe you just wanna come and pray near somebody or put a hand on somebody. I invite you to do that. And if you're here at the front, I'm gonna invite you to stay just a moment longer and I'll give you some instructions in a second. But let's sing this out again, this simple little prayer, this confession. God, you have my attention, you have my attention. If you're willing to come pray over some folks, I invite you to do that. I invite you to start making your way down. Just put an arm on the shoulder or just stand near them.
1: You have my attention. You have my attention. You have my attention. our attention. You have our attention. You have our attention.
0: room with our heads bowed, and honestly, our hearts bowed before Him. As we pray today, I'm pretty visual. It helps me to visualize. And so maybe maybe whatever that thing is that you've been asking God to do, you just want to visually place that in your hands this morning. There's nothing about It just helps me. What is that thing? What is that thing that has your attention? What is that thing that's been robbing you of joy? What is that thing that has you awake at night? Maybe you just want to in your head and your heart, just place that in your hands today. And again, when it comes to prayer, it's not do I know the perfect words? It's for me on the right in today. Uh, we live about 20 minutes away, so on the car ride, I, I just was talking out loud to the Heavenly Father, just describing. So I would invite you, maybe even now, just describing. Jesus, here's that thing. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's some old wound. Maybe it's a physical need. Maybe it's a financial need. But man, maybe just put that in your hand this morning. Say, Jesus, this is is what I'm bringing to you. And one of the things I was taught to pray years ago was this one little line that God, if it pleases you. Certainly, I, I don't claim to always know what the will of God is. I don't claim to always know that the thing I'm praying for is the thing that's the best And so when I say God if it pleases you that's what I'm saying in my heart is God I know that you know what's best as best as I can tell this is what I'm praying for but God do with it what you want to do and so maybe you just want to tell them that God you know what's going on you know even better than I know just tell Him that And then would you ask him to do what only he can do? Ask him to do what only he can do. Maybe it's a a loved one that needs to be saved. Maybe it's a wayward child that needs to come home. Maybe it's God touching you physically and bringing wholeness. I don't know how all that works, but I know that he tells us to pray. And then maybe as you pray that, maybe you just wanna flip your hands over, palms face down, just as a way of saying, God, I give this to you. I think one of the hard parts of prayer is that sometimes we hand it over and then we pick it back up again. Maybe there's something God's been asking you just to trust Him with it. That God really is present in the middle of that problem. That God's strength really is sufficient for whatever your situation is. give it to you i trust you with it because again he's a good good father and maybe bring your palms back up again just as a way of receiving receiving his peace peace that can't be explained i love that line that we sing sometimes even when i can't see it you're moving i love that god help me receive Father, all across this room and even online, God, you see our hands, but more importantly, you know our hearts. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be a people that pray. God, I pray that instead of it being a last resort, it would be our first resort. And that when we forget to pray, that we would pay attention to the things that cause anxiety inside of us, and those would be signs to remind us to go back to prayer. God, help us to get over knowing all the ins and outs and help us to simply be with you. God, I pray that the same priority that prayer had in your life on this earth and in the life of Paul had the same priority in our life. Help us to be with you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. It's so good to pray, so good to pray. If you're still here at the altar, you're welcome to stay. If you still need to pray, you're welcome to stay. But I'm going to ask Pastor Zach and the team just to sing this over us this morning. If you know these words, I invite you to lean into it. This reminder that we've got a Heavenly Father that loves us. We've got a Heavenly Father that invites us to come to Him. Uh, No good daddy would see their kid with their hands up saying, I'm hurting, I'm broken. Man, know that He sees you today. Pastor Zach, would you lead us as we respond before we head out? Full reminder, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're walking through, there's a God that loves you so much that when he loved, he gave his own son, and anybody can know him that reaches out their hand and accepts that gift that comes from him, and that to every believer that's been walking around just burdened and heavy, he sees you, he knows you, he loves you. As we go today, may we go walking out this truth. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whether it's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. God bless you. We love you guys. We pray that you'll experience the God of peace this week. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. We love you.